many love their church? Y'all better shout loud out there. I love our church too, amen? So good to see you all. I think you guys came expecting or something today. I don't know. <laughs> if we could get some house lights, that would be awesome. I want to see all those beautiful faces out there. So last week, I did a single message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and God has really put in my heart as your pastor in this season to really equip you for spiritual things, because I believe we're living in a very supernatural time in the kingdom. We always have, but I believe there are prophetic seasons that we're coming into the kingdom. And I want this church to be ready and understand what is about to happen. Amen. So I felt like it was so important that we really start with the foundation that we believe in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we believe in that baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the prayer language of heaven. And I encourage you, if you didn't get to hear that message, jump online this week. And if you did listen to it, listen to it again. Because really let God stir you up in this hour of the importance of having the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So next week, I want you all to come and I want you to bring someone because my message is going to be on the anointing of God. So I'm putting some, uh, it's going to become a whole series, but I'm really just listening to the Lord each week what I'm to bring. And next week, I really felt like God wants us to talk about the anointing and how we walk in the anointing of God and what that looks like. We're going to lay hands on every one of you and anoint you with oil next week. We're going to do a prayer line, and every one of you, after I preach the word, we're going to pray and empower you to walk in the anointing because I want you to get a revelation of you are supernatural beings. We live in an earth suit. We walk on this earth, but we are supernatural beings. And if we can get a remembrance or a revelation of the power of God in us, we will soar through any difficulties the world tries to bring our way. Amen. The church will rise in this hour, so I really want us to be conscious about this. And, and I'm also going to ask you to bring pictures of your family members. It can be your family, your children, someone you're praying for in your family, anybody. Yeah, I want you to, we're going to keep them, so don't give me like a family heirloom or anything. Take them out of the frame. Don't give me one of your big wooden frames. Photocopy, print it. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. We are going to put them at the altars next week, and every, we're going to keep them here, and we're going to start visually praying over every one of your family members. Amen. And we're going to do that next week, and God really put something in my heart. I, I'm not going to tell you the whole thing. We'll do it next week, but I want you to start building your faith up. Amen. Because God is doing something. He's building line upon line in this hour, and I am so excited about it. Amen. So how many want to know what I'm talking about? today. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the, the power of angels in our life. I really felt like God wanted me to break down what are angels and what do they do in our life. Now, listen, this is a very deep, deep topic. So I'm not going deep down the well, okay? I'm going to kind of talk a few things on the, on, that are deeper, and then I'm just going to begin to share what the Word of God says about angels. Because you literally could go theologically so deep and so wide that we could only talk about that till Jesus comes. So I'm not trying to do that today, but I do want to awaken the awareness of the presence of angels, amen? Because we live in a physical world, but there's also a supernatural spiritual world that exists around us. If we could just open up this natural realm and peek in, in this room are angels that have been worshiping God. 
giant angels in this room, giant angels outside of this room on this property because we speak that, we pray that over this property, that when people walk in, this even drive in, they feel the presence of God. There is a presence of angels around us everywhere we go. And we need to remember that we are spiritual beings, amen? And I'm gonna share, I'm gonna share with you what we do with angels and what we don't do with angels, but definitely the word of God says that they, uh, they operate under the authority of God. They're always in the presence of God. They are powerful. You know, my brother drew this angel when he was just in high school and in art class, and it was this strong angel with big muscles and giant wings, and his art teacher ripped it up and said, that's not what angels look like. But we're going to look through the word of God today, and you're going to see that angels are actually really scary looking. They are intense, and they're powerful, and they are sent on assignments by God, amen? And so when you study the word of God, it talks about angels are messengers. They bring the word of God. They are watchers. They are military hosts. Let me say amen. They are fighting battles for us. They are doing supernatural things. They are chariots of fire. There are so many things that angels do according to the word of God. I do want to preface this by saying, and I'm not going to go deep into this, but there are different levels of angels, amen? And so the first level I want to talk about is the um, archangel, and we know scripturally that that is the highest ranking angel. They are, um, talks about being first or the highest and powerful rank. We know according to scripture that Michael, we hear a lot about Michael. Michael is an archangel, the number one ranked angel. Now I'm going to talk about what I find in the canon that's written in the word of God, okay? Because there are other scrolls that have been found that would identify other archangels and I'm not referring to any of those kind of things, okay? I'm going to refer to what made it into the canon. I'm not saying that anything outside of the word of God isn't true. It probably is, but I feel safer teaching straight from the word of God. Amen? So we, we hear that. We hear about Michael. And then um, there are different scholars' beliefs that they believe Gabriel and Lucifer were possible archangels. That's debatable in how you look at the word of God. But they definitely are high-ranking angels. We know Lucifer was cast out of heaven. He was the worshiper of heaven. And then we hear of angels that are called cherubims. Cherubims are pretty amazing. They have four faces. So I'm trying to tell you, they are not just like these pretty little women floating around with gold sparkles everywhere. It, scripture says that cherubims have four faces. They have an ox face, a lion, an eagle, and a man. Now, there's a lot of deep spiritual stuff there, and I'm not going into that today. But they are also throne bearers. So if you think about in the world we live in today, one topic that's becoming very hot in, in the world is aliens. Don't act like you don't listen to the news. We all know there's the hot topic of aliens. If you really study about what angels look like, they kind of sound like aliens. So when we're talking about fighting a spiritual battle and the world wants to call it aliens, I believe they're talking about angelic beings. There's another angel that's talked about, and it is the seraphim, and he has, that angel has six wings. And, and, and it flies, Ezekiel talks about they fly in both directions, or they actually fly in all directions. And they have two wings cover their face, two wings cover their legs, and two wings fly. That itself is a little crazy. I mean, oh, Lord, show me angels. I don't know if you want, I want to see an angel. It says that there's eyes all over this angel, all over the body and underneath its wings. Tell me that doesn't sound like aliens. No, the enemy always wants to counterfeit what God's going to do, Amen. 
So I believe this is angelic visitations that are, that are here on earth and have always been. So anyway, there are just the layers of certain type of angels in the word of God. So number one, my point this morning is angels are too many to count. And I'm gonna, we're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning. So let's open up to Hebrews 12, 22. You guys ready for this? Okay, just check in. I thought I set my little tab. I guess I forgot to put in Hebrews. This is when you know you better know your books of the Bible. You start to panic. Hebrews 12, 22 says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. So the Bible is saying there's so many angels, there's too many to count. Now, let's look at another scripture verse, Revelations. Verse 5, Revelations, I'm sorry, chapter 5, Revelations 5, and I'm going to start in verse 11, I believe, and it says this, then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them were 10,000, how many? 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. I know we talk a lot about the devil and a third was cast out of heaven and we get really demon conscious and we recognize and discern demon spirits and, and we should. But how often do we ever stop to remember there are innumerable angels present in God's throne room that are sent here on earth to be messengers of God and comfort to us. I think we need to stop being so devil conscious and start getting spiritual conscious. Amen. And I'm going to teach you how to call on angels and what they do in our life. They are innumerable. There's thousands and there's myriads upon myriads of angels that you can have exercising in your life. Amen. So what are angels? Number two, we don't worship angels. Now, I'm going to build a foundation, then we're going to get a little bit about what they do, but we don't worship angels, we worship God. Amen? He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have Jesus as our Savior. I taught last week, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit, so we don't worship angels. I want us to look at Matthew 4, verse 10. Matthew 4, verse 10. All right, and what does it say? Then Jesus said, okay, what was happening? Jesus was being tempted by the devil. You guys know the story, right? He was constantly tempting him, trying to get Jesus to bow down to him, and now he wanted him to bow down and worship. And in verse 10, he said, Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So we don't worship angels. There's not like a special, oh, we invite angels into the room. No, we declare what the word of God says, and then angels are put into practice. But we don't worship angels. We say, I worship God. It says, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So what do we see? Angels are ministering angels. They come and they minister to you in your time of need. So let's look at Revelation. See what the Bible says in Revelation. And we're going to look at uh, chapter 21. And I'm starting with um, 
John, this is the revelator, talking about heaven. And I thought it was so important that we read about how he's talking about New Jerusalem. And so in Revelations 21, verse 22, he says this, But I saw no temple in it, talking about heaven, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. So when you're in heaven, there's no temple place. God is the temple of heaven. And the city had no need of sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Woo, that's what New Jerusalem is going to look like. That is heaven where we're going to dwell for eternity. The glory of God will illuminate heaven. And the nation of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. They shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall be by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those names who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Let's go on. Chapter 22, it just keeps going. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. Clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and, the, and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its streets on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, and each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse there, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servant shall serve him. They shall see his face, praise God. And his name shall be written on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. There's no need of lamp nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now let's keep going. As he began to share this revelation to John, he was overwhelmed. Can you imagine with great emotion and, and knowing what God was building for us? And it says in verse um, 7, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps these prophecies of this book. Now I, John, heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down and worshipped before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. He felt a need to give back reverence to this angel. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that. See, there are going to be great manifestations in the days to come. There are going to be supernatural manifestations as we enter into the last days here on earth. Even the enemy, the Antichrist, will perform signs and wonders. So we don't worship the angels. He said, do not worship me. He said, for I am your fellow servant of your brethren, the prophets, of those who keep the words of this book. What does it say? Worship God. And that's why as Christians, we don't want to get into flaky stuff. I want you to be solid in what the word of God has to say because there will be pockets that look like they're manifestations of the supernatural that is already uprising in the world today. I posted something on Facebook yesterday about this cult that's arising called the new heaven and the new earth. And they're, they're going to churches' databases and they're going after the church members doing these online Zoom calls. And everything sounds like God, feels like God. There's manifestations of the presence of God, but it's all cultish. The guy thinks he's returned, he's Jesus returned from heaven. But there's thousands and thousands that have been pulled into this cult. Why? Because they don't know the word of God. You have to know the solid word of God today if you're not going to be deceived by the enemy and the manifestations of the supernatural. Amen? 
He said, worship God only. So what do angels do? We don't worship angels, but angels worship God. Okay, remember, this is my foundation, so just go with me. We don't worship angels. What do angels do? Angels don't worship us. Angels worship God. So let's look at Revelations 4, 8. Let me flip my Bible. Anybody have a real Bible out there? Oh, ma'am, but that's okay. All right, let's look at this. Revelations 4, 8. Four living creatures having six wings. What is that? That's the, I believe, the seraphim. Four living creatures having six wings were full of eyes all around and within. Sounds a little creepy to me. Then they did not rest night or day. They're, in the, they're guardians of the throne room of heaven. They never sleep. And what are they saying? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. The angel's job is to worship God. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders would fall down and worship at the feet of Jesus. So what do angels do? They worship God. Let's look one more scripture verse, Revelations 5, 11 through 12. I actually read this to you early, but I wanted to show you the second part. Verse 11 was talking about the thousands and numeral. Verse 12 says this, and with a loud voice, what did they sing? Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, and wisdom, strength, glory, and blessing. So all angels do is worship God. They give glory and honor and praise to God. That's why when we come together and we're worshiping God during worship, we've got to get out of the mindset that it's just songs. This is a worship time. This is where the supernatural is awakening. There is things beginning to move and change, and the atmosphere of heaven is beginning to shake and rattle, and the sound of the enemy is pushed away as the shouts of the saints begin to rise up. Isn't that powerful? So when we're singing the songs of heaven, angels now are motivated in the supernatural realm on your behalf, on behalf of this church, on behalf of this city. There are supernatural things taking place. Why? Because angels know the sound of worship. Okay, number four. What do angels do? They ascend and descend from heaven. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. It says this. Now, this is the birth of Jesus. Now, I don't have time to go into this, but if you'll look in Scripture, angels were present with Jesus multiple times. Let me say this really quick. Angels were present at the announcement of Jesus. Remember when Mary was to conceive, an angel came up and was the messenger of Christ, can tell the will of God, the assignment of God. That's pretty powerful. Um, he would, the, uh, angels were there at the temptation. We'll talk about that. They were there at his resurrection at the tomb and they were there. They will be there at the final judgment when Jesus comes again. But let's look at Luke two verses 13 through 15. It says this. Okay. This was the birth of Christ. And suddenly there was with an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So it was, listen, when the angels had gone away from them back into heaven. So what happened? When Jesus was born, where did the angels come from? They came down. They descended from heaven. They sang worship unto Jesus, glory to God. And then they ascended back into heaven. So where do they come from? The glory of God. 
the presence of God from the heavenly realm. They come down with assignments from heaven. Let's look at the second one. John 1, and there's lots of scriptures, but we're going to look at John 1, verse 50 and 51. And this is talking about Nathaniel, who Jesus saw sitting by a fig tree. And Nathanael asked, it said, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Verse 50. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. He said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter, you shall see heaven opened and angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. So what do angels do? They come and go. They are on assignments from God. I don't, we don't have time to go this morning because I want to get into some other things. But Jacob, when he was um, in, in the presence of God, angels, the Bible said he had a vision where a ladder was by his head. It opened up to heaven. And what were happening? Angels were coming and going from heaven. So you need to see that as you're worshiping, as you're at home, when you're driving over your children. Over your workplace, angels are ascending and descending and bringing what God's assignment is for your life. Amen? Pretty powerful thing. And when you begin to recognize and, and discern the presence of angels around you, supernatural things can begin to happen. Now, remember, the Bible says signs and wonders follow us. So I'm not going to look for angels to do spooky things. I'm giving glory to God. And signs and wonders follow the believer, right? Angels go on assignment, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. So they worship God. They ascend, and they descend. Another one was at the resurrection, Matthew 28. I don't know if I have that, Titus. Matthew 28, 2 through 3. But that was another one. Angels descended and ascended into heaven at the resurrection. All right, let's look at the next one. We, uh, God commands angels over our life, but they are subject to us. So when angels are in our life, we don't command them like we do demons. So I bind you, I command you to go. No, but they are subject to us according to the will of God and the word of God. So let's look at Hebrews 1. I'm going to bring you there really quick. Are you guys enjoying this? I know it's a lot slower than normal. My exhorter in me is going nuts. But I'm going to stay on course. Man, I didn't mark my Bible again. Titus, go ahead and put that up there. Having become so much better than the angels, this is talking about Jesus, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, right? Because he came, died, resurrected again. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you? And again, I, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. So stop there. He's never said to the angels, you are my son. He only said that to Jesus. And so when we came into Christ, we were resurrected with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we're seated at the right hand like Jesus, and everything else is under our feet. So that gives us authority in the spiritual realm because we are seated with Jesus Christ. Amen. So we can, when we declare the word of God, we speak the blood of Jesus. Angels are sent on assignment because they're subject to the word of God in our life. We don't command them. God does. But they are subject to what the word of God says in our life. Amen. You can keep going. I can't remember how much is there. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. So we see again. 
And the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flames of fire. So what are angels? They are ministers of God. They are flames of fire in the presence of God. Does it keep going? Is that it? Okay. So let's keep going here. Um, I think that's all I have on that one. Let's go to number six. Okay, we're going to get into some good things now. Angels are sent by God for protection in our life. They bring protection. I want us to look at 2 Kings 16. First and 2 Kings. Let me find it here. 6, 15 through 17. Now, this is the um, Assyrian army, Assyrian army that was coming against the children of Israel. And they were coming with a vengeance. And the Bible says that they came with horses and chariots and there was a great army there. Have you ever felt like the enemy was coming like a vengeance in your life? Everywhere you look, the attack is so great. It's so grand. It feels like, how can I get out of this mess? How can God make a way where there seems to be no way? See, there are things that's going to come against us. And even in the world, how can God raise up his church and they're out this hour? How can there be a move of God? How can there be favor? And what God wants you to see that there are angelic presence that are moving on your behalf. God wants you to open up the supernatural realm and see what God sees and not look at what you see in the natural. Because what you see in the natural will be defeat. What you hear from the doctor will be defeat. What you, what's going on in circumstances look like defeat, but God has a plan. He has a strategy. There are angels on your behalf that are fighting a spiritual realm for you. I just wish we could open up, amen, and see. And so they found themselves in a place of defeat. Like how are we, we are small in numbers. There's not enough to defeat these roaring chariots that are surrounding us. But in verse 15, he said, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Do not fear. Whatever intimidation, whatever bullying spirit, whatever report, wherever your children are, do not fear. There are more with you than are in that circumstance. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in that circumstance. Amen. And we've got to get a spiritual revelation that there is a angelic beings that are fighting for the will of God and the purpose of God in your life. They've been sent by God to defeat the enemy. So verse 17, and Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. See, there is a wall of protection around you. There was a wall of protection when you travel, when you're in your car, when your children aren't serving God yet. God has a wall of protection around them. Amen? Wherever you go, your feet are protected by the angels of God that have been sent on an assignment for your life. This was warfare. And what I loved about this is that Elijah pray, Elisha prayed. He did not ask God to simply show the servant another miracle. He asked for his servant to see into another dimension. 
I want more than a miracle. Let me see what's working for me, God. Let me see the forces. Let me know, God, that you are in charge and you still sit on the throne and you are the great I am and angels are coming and descending over my life when I need them. I need favor, angels are bringing me favor. I need promotion, angels are bringing me promotion. I need a way to be open, the angels are making way for me to walk in the favor and the blessings of God. I have somebody coming against me, angels, go get them. You wanna talk about me, angels, go get them. Why, because they're gonna fight on the behalf of the word of God and fight for you and fight for your children, amen? How many are thankful for that? So the angels, they bring protection in your life. Daniel 6, through 23, we don't have to open it up for the sake of time, but Daniel, he was thrown into the lion's den and he was falsely accused. Anybody ever been there? He was falsely accused, but because he knew his God, because he knew God was faithful, because he knew God would protect him. He was thrown in that lion's den. And when the king opened the, the, the mouth of that cave, he said, Daniel, did your God spare you? And what did he say? The angel shut the mouths of the lions. Woo, you need some mouth shut in your life? You have people talking about you? You have family members accusing you? You got lies, shut their mouths in the name of Jesus. You can't speak against me. You can't touch my life. You can't touch the anointing in my life. Shut the mouths of the lions. I don't know what area God needs to protect you in, but we serve a supernatural God, and he will move mountains for your life. So powerful, isn't it? Psalms 91, let's look there really quick. Psalms 91, we all know this verses of the Bible, but Psalms 91, 11 through 13. For he will give his angels charge over you. They're going to protect you. They're going to uphold the will of God in your life. When you declare the blood of Jesus, I speak the blood of Jesus over my family. Angels now just went just like this. Protection. Why? Because they respond to the word of God. They respond to the word of God. So when you speak God's word, they are put on the assignment to fulfill the word of God. I know when we, I pray over the doorpost of my home, Lord, put angels at the doorpost of my home. No evil can come in because I've got angels all around my property. Whatever I own, whatever I have, a, my signature that I own, the devil has no territorial rights over it. I've got angels on the north, south, east, and west. And they are pushing back the forces of darkness in my life. Depression's in your home. Call on those angels to come and do protection in your life. Call on the blood of Jesus. Amen. Sickness and disease. Call on the blood of Jesus that will bring healing and push back those infirmity spirits in your life. So amazing, isn't it? So give his angels charge over you. To what? To keep you in all your ways. What does God want to do? He has a plan for your life. The enemy, I don't know if I'm going to get there yet this morning, but the enemy wants to resist the will of God in your life. He will put up obstacles in your life. He will, will hold you back. And when the angels come, they come to fulfill the word of God, to keep you in the ways of God. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, and you shall trample underfoot. 
Why? Because there is a hedge of protection. Uh, Quinn and I went into this store the other day, and you'll find that a lot in Arizona. There's the New Age stores and terror cars. Everywhere you go now, there's just so much of that demonic influence. And we walked into this store, and something inside of me when I walked in, I knew it was all there, but I all of a sudden felt God come up in my life. I walked in, and I'm like, I'm bringing God with me. I walk in and I've got the Holy Spirit present with me. So whatever terror cards, whatever new age has to flee, I'm walking in with the presence and the power of God. When you go places, you bring that presence of God. You bring the angelic beings that are strong and mighty. And if there is witchcraft and if there is terror cards, those things have to bow their knee to the angelic forces that God has set up to protect me in my life. That means I don't have to be afraid of the devil. I don't have to afraid to confront someone that's a witch or in witchcraft because I've got the greater one living on the inside of me. And we literally started feeling some stuff, huh? And I, I, in my spirit, I felt like this lady was going to come over and try to sell me some stones or crystals and stuff. And I was all ready. I'm like, ooh, if she says something, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how he's the great power of God and he's the true force here on earth. And I was so armed and ready, and she never did it. <laughs> Darn. I, should, I told Quinn, I almost said it out loud. Like, that's the opposition. I could feel the enemy. I could feel that witchcraft spirit. And my spirit was saying, no, 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 I'm in here. And if I'm here, the presence of God is here, and all darkness has to flee. Amen. Why? Because there are angels on assignment. The enemy knows that, and you're carrying that in your life. So powerful. Amen? All right, so... One other thing about protection in this, I want to show you stories to build your faith. I have lots of them, but one of them was, um, one of them was uh, I was driving on a winter, dark ro- winter road in Wisconsin, and uh, my car, the, the, the snow was so bad, you actually shouldn't have been driving. If you're from the Midwest, you understand. And uh, my car just went dead. You couldn't see in front of you. You knew not to get out of the car. It was freezing cold below zero. And all of a sudden, this truck comes around by me and pulls off the side of the road. And, you know, I'm a little apprehensive. I'm nervous or whatever. And this is no joke. My dad gets out of the truck. And he walks over. He sees my car sitting on the side of the road. He said, I'm going to tell you something. I wasn't even on this road. I wasn't even going this direction. He says, I was on a completely different interstate, driving to a different city, and I look over and I see your car sitting right there. Supernatural. Supernatural protection. And I can tell you story after story. Let's not limit God to our carnal, limited little thinking. Let's open up the spirit of God and know that there are forces that you can tap into that is so powerful. We've been translated many times. I've had many encounters with angels of protection. I told you a few weeks ago about the young boy in the truck. Remember, he's almost slammed into me. We pull over, and right there, there's a man in khaki. It was two seconds, boom, boom. And the kid's out of the car, and there's the man in the khaki standing there just looking at me. And, of course, being Barb Pruitt, I had to talk to him like, oh, you need to let him sit down. He just got in his act, and the guy just looked at me, didn't say a word. And I kept thinking, how did this kid get out of this? How did he get out of that truck? It was smashed in. There was no way. He's standing outside of the truck, and there's a man in khaki standing there within two seconds. I turn and look and look, and the man in khaki's gone. Angel pulled that boy out of that car, pulled him out supernatural. Shouldn't be living, breathing today. I said, you have a praying mama. There's no doubt in my mind. That's the protection 
amen, that God gives us with these beautiful, beautiful angels in our life. All right, let's look at Matthew 26. Matthew 26. In verse 52, says this. Matthew 26, I hope this is it. I'm going to read it on the screen. <laughs> but Jesus said to him, put your sword. Okay, I know where I'm at now. Sorry, guys. It's a lot to remember up here, just so you know. <laughs> so they're in the garden, and the soldier cuts, the, the disciple cuts the ear of the soldier off, right? And this is where Jesus picks up. He said, put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. 53, or do you think that I could, now, I could not now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? He said, I don't need you to protect me. I mean, that's really nice that you want to do the arm of the flesh, but at any second I could call on legions and they could take care of business. You see, that's what we have. You can call on the angels to take care of business in, the, in your life. Amen? All right. So let's look at number seven really quick. They enforce your covenant. They enforce what the word of God says. Let's look at Psalms 103. I only have a couple more left, so hang on, okay? Psalms 103, verses 20 and 21. says, bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his, what? Word. So what do angels do? They do the word of God. Heeding the voices of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasures. So when you speak the word of God, angels now, what do they do? They go and do the word of God in your life. Doesn't that make your prayer life seem a little bit more powerful? That you're not praying to some unbeing, you know, words aren't just going out. No, angels are sent on assignment to fulfill the word of God in your life. They fulfill the purposes of God. Health, protection, right? We won't look at this, but Daniel, the Bible says that the angel was withheld from him 21 days. We know the story, right? But the Bible says that the Bible says the first time you prayed, I heard you. See, the first time you declare the word of God, what God's word says, angels are sent on assignment with the word of God to fulfill it. He said, I heard you, but there was a great resistance to get to you. What does the devil want to do? He wants to resist the will of God. He wants to get you in your despair and in your broken season and in your down season and saying, that's all that there is. There's a resistance. I prayed to God. I've trusted God. I fasted. Keep at it because angels are sent on an assignment the first time you pray. And all you need to do is keep speaking the word of God. Keep saying what the word of God says. Keep declaring. Why? Because the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And heaven hears the word of God in your life. Number eight, they carry out deliverances in your life. They're, they carry out the supernatural. Let's look at Acts 12. This is so amazing. You all know the story, but I'm just going to remind you. Amen? Acts 12, verse 5 through 10. We know Peter was locked up in prison, and it says this. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant in prayer. Say constant in prayer. 
See, even in your imprisonment, even in your brokenness, even where you don't understand God, constant in prayer, constant in worship, was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. What does that look like? You ain't getting out, Peter. You may escape the first one, but you're not getting out the second, third, and fourth. You're stuck. What does the enemy want you to feel like? You're stuck where you're at. You're never going to get free. You're never going to walk in liberty. You're never going to have joy. Your children are never going to serve God. Your marriage is never. He wants to make you feel like you are locked up. And in the natural, it looks like it. Amen? But let's look. Verse 7. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. Now, I know we read this all the time, but think about that. An angel of the Lord stood in his imprisonment, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Number one supernatural miracle. The angel said to him, gird yourself up and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garments and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened them to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from him. What happened? Deliverance came to him because of an angel. An angel brought him out of captivity, out of limitations. Supernatural things begin to happen. I think we need to get ready and stir ourselves up and get excited for the supernatural things that are going to be happening in your life. Amen? So brought him out into the street, and it says that the angel now, verse 11, when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hands of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. God wants you to find total freedom and deliverance, amen? Psalms 34 says that he delivers the righteous out of their trouble. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. He takes you out into deliverance. I'm going to pray for you this morning, and I'm going to close with this story. Uh, many of you know the story of Corey Ten Boone, and she was in the concentration camps, and she loved God. And she tells her story. It's written in her book. And she said, you know, they stripped them down naked, and they sprayed them. So much humiliation. And she said, God, I need my Bible. She said, whatever you have to do, I've got to have my Bible with me. And she said, I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but protect me so that I can get my Bible in there. And they stripped her naked, and she had her Bible in her hand, and they never saw the Bible. They never saw it. She was able to take the Word of God into the concentration camps, and she shared Jesus with whoever would listen with the Word of God. And she trusted and knew God so well that she came across a scripture verse that said, you need to tithe. And she said, God, I don't, I don't have any money to tithe. I don't have anything to give. And God said, I want you to tithe the word of God. And she began to take little scriptures out, tear them out of her Bible, her cherished Bible. And she began to pass them out all over, sending out the word of God. That's the angels that are in our life. 
He will hide things. He will cover things. He will protect things. He will do supernatural. They will do, I'm sorry, they will do supernatural things that are, are on assignment from God in our life. Remember, we don't worship them. We worship God. They worship God, but they are subject to us. So when you declare the word of God, see angels on assignment. When you speak the blood of Jesus, see angels on assignment. Why? Because what you need in your life, you can't do on your own. You need a supernatural encounter with God for some things. I'm going to tell you there's wars in the heavenlies over the world right now. What's happened since 2020 is not what we see. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's a battle for this end-time revival. It's a battle for this end-time harvest. And we've got to see that there are warring angels. And that's why I said last week, we have to pray in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it activates the power of God. There's a war going on, and we have to be armed and ready and know who, what the Word of God says about our life. That's why praying in tongues is the will of God. That's why knowing angels are present in our life, not getting spooky about it. Research yourself. Study the Word of God. God will give you revelation. Next week, we're going to learn about the anointing. These are some supernatural tools that you can walk in as kingdom believers, that we don't have to be beat down. We don't have to be less than. We don't have to be defeated in this world. We can rise above it all because we know what the Word of God says in our life. Amen? So let me just pray over you. Father, I thank you for everyone in this room and those listening. And God, we thank you for the revelation of your word that, God, as we declare your word, angels are sent on assignment, God, that they are innumerable and they are powerful, God. We thank you that angels are over this church, God, over this property, over North Phoenix, Arizona, Father God. We thank you, God, that angels are in every home, every marriage, over every child, Father God. And Lord, we don't desire to seek spooky things, God, but we do want to know the power that you have given into our life, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you give us discernment in this hour to recognize your truth, recognize your word, Father God. We love you so much. When everybody just looking at me, I want to share one more story because I got a minute. But uh, there's a story of Jason Upton, and obviously one service is not enough to hit this deep, deep topic, but Jason Upton was a worship leader. You, some of you have probably heard this story, but he, the presence of God felt so strong during their worship that all the band members were laid out on the floor. Just all, Everybody was all over, laid out on the floor. The presence of God was so strong. And Jason Upton just sat on the keys and just kept playing while everybody was just worshiping God. And he started singing this song, I think it's called Fly. And all of a sudden, this little boy gets up and he said, there's an angel. There's a 12-foot angel standing right behind Jason. And everybody's like, okay, you know, because you know when you're in that moment. So everybody's, praise God. And later, they were in the recording studio because they were recording. And they started hearing this sound, this, like a harmony, three-part harmony. And so they're like, well, I don't think we were singing during that time. You heard the story? And they started pulling down everything, pulling down all the drum, anything. Maybe that was, a, maybe that was a, a drum kit over there making the noise. They pulled everything down. Got down to only Jason's voice. And they could hear that three-part harmony. You can hear it online today. It is so chilling. 
And the sound engineer said, he wasn't in the room when it recorded, he said, it sounds like there are voices that are 12 feet behind you. Angels were singing in the spiritual realm as, as they worship. There was the, it was the most beautiful harmony. You have to listen to it. And you can believe this if you want. You don't have to. But I used to do my dad's cassette tape ministry back in Beloit, Wisconsin. Y'all know what cassette tapes are, right? <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> I was listening to my dad's cassette tape. You know, I edited it and all that, blah, blah, blah. This is no joke. In the middle of his teaching, I heard this roar. It was a lion roar. It was this beautiful lion roar loud in the middle of his teaching. In the spirit, there was the sound of a roaring lion. I wish to God I'd have kept it. Don't know why I didn't. I remember listening to it and listening, let my dad listen to it. There are things that are happening in the spiritual realm that are so powerful that are so mightier than us. Amen? And those are great things that God's going to do through us as believers when we remember that angelic force in our life. Amen? I want to give everyone a chance to receive Jesus as Lord of your life. Make him the Lord of your life. Maybe you stumbled in here today and you're backslidden. Maybe you need to give your life back to Jesus. Maybe you've never received Jesus as your Savior. This is the perfect time to surrender to the Lord. Amen. I want everybody to say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sins. I want to make you Lord of my life. And Father God, open up my heart to understand the supernatural world. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here this morning, you said that prayer really quick, just shoot it up all over the place. If you made Jesus, rededicated your life, coming back to the Lord, thank you, thank you. Anyone else this morning, thank you, thank you, thank you. All over this room, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're starting our Rooted program right after Easter. I want to get you guys in that discipleship program. I love you all so much. Don't forget, next week, bring your pictures. And we're going to lay hands and anoint every one of you next Sunday, amen? All right, I love you. Let's welcome Pastor Paul.